Good morning. It is Wednesday, January 13th. You are listening to the College Football Daily. My name is Trey Scott. I'm joined right now by Brad Crawford, National College Football Writer for 24-7 Sports. This should be one of the more interesting and intriguing and most listened to episodes of the month, Brad. We're going to talk about the 24-7 Sports way too early top 25. This is a tried and true tradition across all of college football media. The moment the national title game ends, we release our early top 25 rankings. You excited? Yeah, man. That means more football in a few months. There's only one team who can win it. And especially nowadays in the in the playoff era, there's really only a few teams ever who could even think about winning it. But something about optimism for next year always kind of kind of helps people get through it. And and Brad, we so how this worked was you and me and, and a few other people at 24-7 Sports submitted our own our own ballots, one through twenty-five, and it was pulled together uh, to create a master top 25. So we're going to talk about that. And we're going to also talk about a few of our outliers and, and a few teams we have our eye on. And I think what's interesting, Brad, before we get started is there have been like a few player personnel notes that have happened just in the last few days. And I, and I think it's, it indicates that we're going to have a lot of movement. If, you know, if we want to do this poll again in, in three weeks, a lot of things will have changed. For instance, Darian Kendrick coming back to Clemson for his senior season, starting corner the last two years there. Tyreek Stevenson transferring from Georgia, kind of random, a former five-star talent, I think started every game this year for Georgia. He's out. Uh, I saw North Carolina just added before we hopped on Ty Chandler, former elite recruit, uh, running back transfer from Tennessee. So it's been kind of it's been kind of cool to see all the pieces fall into place, and, and I'm sure we'll revisit this. But for now, number one, Alabama, the defending national champs, got five of the six first place votes. Oklahoma, number two, Clemson, number three, Georgia, four, Ohio State, five, North Carolina, six, Iowa State, seven, Notre Dame, and Texas A&M are tied for eight, and then Cincinnati. At 10, if you want to go check out the full top 25, go check it out. You'll see it at 247sports.com on the homepage. Brad, when I ask you your biggest outlier, like the, the team that maybe you had ranked highly, who you did not see reflected in the final top 25, what team are you going to give me? Yeah, you know, I was somewhat surprised, Trey, that Coastal Carolina, I had them 10th in my poll just behind North Carolina. And the rest of us had them, I think, 22 in our final rankings. I thought Coastal would, would be a top 15, maybe unanimous pick, just because, you know, what the Santa Clara's bring back. I think you look at the 2021 season and what just transpired in 2020 with that blanket NCAA eligibility rule, a program like Coastal that, you know, is not going to produce many um, NFL prospects. I mean, they're going to bring everybody back, even the kids who were seniors. Shouldn't call them kids. They are men. But potentially 20 of 22 starters back is something I read today. You know, one of those guys being Grayson McCall, who – has some dark horse Heisman odds after a stellar freshman season. And then likely All-American pass rusher C.J. Brewer is also coming back. So you, you look at Coastal Carolina's schedule, and, and based on that talent returning in, in the two deep, I think they can run the table again and, and certainly get up inside that top 15. Has Coastal grabbed any of the football crazy area of where you live, Brad, in North Carolina? I know it's a different uh, Carolina, but uh, are people yeah. talking about them? I'm pretty essentially located between South Carolina and, and North Carolina. I'm, I'm in eastern North Carolina, which is a lot of NC State and Tar Heel fans here. Myrtle Beach, Conway, South Carolina is just, you know, two hours down the road. So I've seen some uh, Coastal Carolina hats and shirts that I haven't seen in about 10 years, certainly. Yeah, that's funny. Um, For my outlier, when I first submitted my top 25 ballot, maybe I just totally overlooked them, but I didn't even have Florida on it. And someone was like, whoa, where's Florida? I was like, oh, my bad. 
I'll, I'll take a look at it. That was me in Texas. Yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, I, I don't blame you for that either. But and then I did take a look at it. I was like, all right, fine. I'll rank Florida, but it's not going to be high. And so I put them at 22. The final poll has them at, at 11. Maybe I'm making too much of a judgment off of the Cotton Bowl, Brad. But if what we saw there, as far as this is what they've got coming up next, was any indication, I'd be a little bit worried. I know there's a full off season to go. I know that these guys are going to get better, but it's pretty clear Emory Jones is not Kyle Trask. I think it'll be interesting to watch Dan Mullen build an offense around a running quarterback. He's done that several times with success at Mississippi State. They'll add Clemson transfer to Marcus Bowman, a five-star running back talent last year. That'll be fun to watch, but they just lose so much at receiver. And of course they lose tight end Kyle Pitts. I just don't know. Defensively, they're bringing back Todd Grantham. Will they improve? They're going to have to win shootouts. It's pretty clear. And I just don't know if their offense with Emory Jones at the helm is going to be equipped to win shootouts. I just think this was like a dream season for Florida. Brad 2020 was, and they still, they still went eight and four. I would expect a little bit of a dip and and I would not be surprised if, if they were a 20 through 25 team. It's sort of a LSU 2020 situation here, right? I mean, LSU losing so much talent off a national championship team and then goes five and five. You know, you you bring up a very good argument, Trey, on just how many weapons they lose. And even if Emory Jones is is better than a serviceable quarterback, which he probably will be in in a Dan Mullen offense, there's just a lot of questions right now surrounding this program. We don't know if Dan Mullen's going to stick around or, you know, entertain NFL interest and then losing the top tight end in the country and several weapons at wide receiver, not to mention a record-setting quarterback. So, yeah, that that window for Dan Mullen in Gainesville, man, it looked really good this year based on that record-setting production on offense. But, man, losing losing that much talent, it's, it's a lot to overcome. As you're saying, their window was was this fall because they just haven't been recruiting the, well, the, the way they'd like to, and I, and I think that's going to bear itself out. So when we look at the top five, I, f- I feel like I spend so much time on the podcast talking about Bama and OU and Clemson and Georgia and Ohio State, so we're not going to really dig into those teams right now. But I do want you to dig into a team number six in this poll, the North Carolina Tar Heels we were just talking about. You know, you live yep. among a lot of a lot of UNC fans. Sam Howe's getting a lot of attention as a preseason Heisman guy. I would argue that they have a window in 2021 to win the ACC. What do you think? No, I think you're right. You know, they they bring back, like you mentioned, arguably the ACC's top quarterback in Sam Howell because Trevor Lawrence is no longer in Death Valley. Tar Heels have 10 starters back on defense, which is huge. I know that that side of the ball didn't fare too well this year, but you bring 10 guys back, you know, they're going to be better from a developmental standpoint, having experience. And then, you know, perhaps the most important aspect of all this, Trey, is this team is now familiar with playing in big games. You know, this season, I think the Tar Heels were still kind of getting used to, you know, expectations at the top 25 team. Maybe they succumbed to some of that pressure against, you know, Florida State and Virginia, two teams that they should have beat based on talent alone. But, you know, we we saw UNC ball out at Miami late in the year, and they really, you know, hung tough with the top five A&M team despite all those opt-outs. So I think Mac Brown believes that he can win an ACC title in Chapel Hill, and this is probably the year to do it because let's let's face it, when you have a multi-year starter like Sam Howell, who's now entering his junior season in 2021, you know, he's probably a three-year player and, and first-round quarterback. So this is definitely the fall to do it if you're a Tar Heels fan. A hundred percent. As we move on uh, through our top 10, Iowa State comes up at next at seven. I'll take this little synopsis, Brad. We ranked them seven before they had a some really good news come down. Charlie Kohler, maybe the best tight end in the country, not named Kyle Pitts. He's coming back to school. Greg Eisworth, a three-time first-team 
all Big 12 safety. He's coming back to school. You already know that quarterback Brock Purdy is coming back. Running back Brees Hall will be on the shortlist for the Doak Walker Award. I'm fairly confident that Iowa State is going to play OU again for the Big 12 championship at the end of the year in Dallas. I think the only team that that they should be worried about is Texas, but there's a new regime in Austin. Texas has to go to Ames this year. Texas does not play well in Ames. I thought it was huge that Matt Campbell turned down NFL interest for the second offseason in a row. I think he said no thanks to, to at least interviewing with the Jets. And I think Iowa State is like a few months ago, they were a preseason buzzy team and yeah, we took them. We took them seriously there, but maybe not too seriously. And they end up winning the New Year's Six Bowl, the first ever. I think now's the time. Iowa State's absolutely going to contend for a playoff spot. I don't know if they would win a, a national title. I just don't think they have the talent to do it. I think they would be the first team ever outside of like the top fifteen in talent to, to win one of those. But I think it's going to be a pretty special season in Ames, and and getting all those guys back extends the title window that we're talking about. And, and for a school like Iowa State or for a school like North Carolina, when you're not always there it's really important and valuable to keep that window open. So we will see though, Brad, like wouldn't you be interested in, in Iowa state thrives on being the underdog and thrives on, on, you know, catching teams by surprise maybe, but they don't have that luxury this fall. I was going to say too, you know, Matt Campbell's stock trade right now is as high as it's ever been. And obviously it would even be incrementally higher next year if they contend for a playoff spot, but Brock Purdy just so far, you know, his first couple of years, he hasn't emerged as that, top five quarterback nationally that he really has talent to do so I think next season might be uh might be his coming out party nationally yeah we'll see so so next up in our top 10 rundown Brad you've been assigned Texas A&M which was tied for eighth with Notre Dame someone left an Apple review the other day asking you know hey love the podcast can you do more Texas A&M content so I will do that in the next few weeks but for now I want to hear what Brad has to say about the Aggies yeah, I mean, you know, you look at A&M's nucleus returning and you have to like what you see coming off a one-loss season, which, you know, now that loss looks pretty darn good. You know, a few touchdowns at Alabama on the road against a top-ranked team that never relinquished that ranking all season. So I think the offense is going to open up a bit with a new quarterback. You know, nothing against Kellen Mond. He was a steady player, but you kind of knew what you were getting with him. You know, he's reliable, multi-year starter. Wasn't necessarily going to beat you with his arm. Uh, he never really wowed as a passer, but you look at a guy like Haynes King, perhaps another quarterback who's going to fight for that starting job. Maybe those guys are able to stretch the field a bit. So defense brings nine starters back. Kenyon Green, offensive lineman, very good player. Isaiah Spiller, obviously, Anaya Smith. I mean, these are, these are some big-name, all-SEC-type guys A&M brings back, like I said, off of a one-loss team. So I think Jimbo Fisher's uh, title window is – it wasn't only this year, but it'll be this year and next, too, you know, based on – the signing class coming in and those guys coming back that have already played a lot of snaps. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, and I love their running backs, uh, Spiller, Smith, Devin and Chain. I mean, those guys are freaks. All right, I want to know what you think about this. So in the totality of the poll, we teamed up to have the USC Trojans ranked tied for 12th, which is actually funny. I, I had them 12th as well, just, just ahead of Oregon among all Pac-12 teams. I'm not saying I love either team. This is absolutely a Rose Bowl or bust season for Clay Helton. They have the talent. I'm concerned about the offensive line. I'm concerned about the overall toughness in the program. I'm concerned about the fact that every time we watched USC, 
this fall. They were in a hole big, but I think Keaton Slovis is, is going to have a bounce back here. He was a little shaky as a sophomore. I think he's going to have a season that puts himself back into contention for a number one spot in the 2022 draft. I love their Drakes, Drake London, great receiver, Drake Jackson. He's going to have a big year off the edge, maybe teamed up with Corey Foreman, the number one recruit in the country opposite him at defensive end. I think Brew McCoy is emerging as a receiver and they're going to help the losses of, um, Amon Ross, St. Brown, and, and Tyler Vaughn's. They're going to help that a little bit easier and make that a little bit easier to get through. Again, Brad, I don't love USC. I don't love Oregon. I don't love anyone in the Pac-12 right now, but I'll, I'll at least pay attention to them. And I think it's because you don't see, you know, sexy offenses out there. You don't see these standout defensive performances. There, There's like one really good defensive player I can think about right now in the Pac-12 who makes national headlines every week and it's Kayvon Thibodeau and, and then that's about it Trey I don't think there's a national title contender out west there, there hasn't been one for several years and that's that's the main knock on the Pac-12 you know they they want to be a football conference but they have to produce you know these annual top 10 programs and every you know four or five years that they they might have a top 10 team but last season we saw Oregon struggle losing three to the last four games Ducks were able to back into that Pac-12 title game and and somehow beat an unbeaten USC team. So, so give Marl Cristobal credit there. But, you know, getting back to USC, Keaton Slovis, very good quarterback, like you mentioned. At one point this season, I think he had 12 touchdown passes, no picks in the fourth quarter alone through, through four or five starts. So wow. that team has to be preparing better to, to, you know, fare better in the first half of these games. And I have to win every game in the last second. In my ballot, I only had those two Pac-12 teams on there. I know uh, eventually you know, we have, we have. I think we had Washington ranked. I think we had Arizona State ranked. Nothing against those teams, but it was such a, sh- a short season out there, Brad. It's hard for me to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm really into Arizona State this fall. So we, we each have one more team we want to talk about. They're both SEC teams. Brad, I'm interested and intrigued by yours because they're not even on our ballot. Tell yeah. me why you like Auburn this fall. So I've got Auburn at number 18. I always try to go out on a limb with at least one first-year coach. The carousel is already spinning wildly before the season ended this year. I just like the Brian Harson hire at Auburn, man, because it's different. In my opinion, Gus Malzahn's tenure simply grew stale. And, you know, I, I think player development offensively was becoming an issue. You know, Harson seems to have good quarterback play under his leadership at various programs. And that's just – I think that's what the Tigers need right now. You know, you're, you're always going to be able to sign a bunch of four stars and occasional five defensively on the planes, but the Tigers have to score points. And I think Bo Nix is fully capable of doing so. You know, he came to Auburn w- with a lot of hype and, you know, really hasn't generated that much hype, you know, his first couple of years as a starter. But I, I think that changes now. I don't, I don't think Bo Nix will be a transfer portal casualty despite the coaching change. So I think it'll be very interesting. And Brian Harson is going to be a great fit out there. I like his staff, Mike Bobo on offense and um, Derek Mason on defense. You and I were each kind of sneaky high on on Bobo and what he did at South Carolina without many people paying attention. Bo Nix, you mentioned it. Man, I could watch him every Saturday and, and find 20 things to get frustrated with. And then he does one thing that you're like, whoa, that was pretty good. Brad, if you're Mike Bobo, is Bo Nix, you said he's not a transfer portal candidate. Is he Is he fixable? I don't mean that in any disrespect, but can, can you make him a, a, a really high quality SEC quarterback? If you watch Auburn play football, Trey, it, it, it seems like some of the passing concepts in their offense are all like window dressing, a lot of motion behind it, line of scrimmage before the snap. And I, I just think it, it just kind of gets Bo Nix flustered a bit. You know, he's he's always been sort of a one or two read guy who is itching to take off with the run. You know, he has very good legs and he can make plays on the with his feet. But if, if you watch Mike Bobo during his best years on offense, 
you know, he had pocket passers who delivered the football with strikes downfield. I, I think Bo Nix is capable of that. He hasn't shown that so far as a passer, but I think a lot of it is just bouncing around with so many OCs, and I really think Mike Bobo can bring out the best in him. So I need a sanity check from you here. When I first okay. submitted my ballot, I think I had LSU at 12, and a few people I talked to about it were like, that's that's too high, man. So I, I, I moved them to 16. In the final poll, they came out at, at 21, but I'm talking myself into the Bayou Bengals. I'm kind of getting 2019 vibes from them. A young offensive staff overhaul, seen that before. An experienced, talented quarterback who people are starting to doubt, I've seen that before. The makings of what should be a dynamic receiving room, an extremely talented secondary with five stars everywhere, an experienced offensive line, just like 2019. If we learned anything the last two weeks in the playoff, it's that you better be explosive on the perimeter. I think LSU will be. Kayshawn Boutte at receiver, go to the defensive side of the ball. Eli Ricks, true freshman All-American. Derek Stingley two years ago, true freshman All-American. Cordell Flott will be better. I think they're going to take a massive step forward in, in the SEC, and, and I, I would not be surprised if they are contending for an SEC West crown. I had LSU 25, I think. That's kind of far down the list, but I, I think the buy price right now on LSU is pretty low given what happened last season. I like the young quarterback as well, played played really well down the stretch this season, and you know Ed Ogeron's coordinator hires are, are very important. Firing Bo Pelini was was a must, you know, based on how that defense looked week in and week out. And that that team's just far too talented, Trey, to be giving up the chunk plays they were really all season long from start to finish. So LSU has to get back to being an elite defensive program. And I think Ed Ogeron is going to be able to pull enough strings on offense with, with some of these hires to, you know, get back to scoring points in bunches. Yeah, the quarterback battle will be good. Miles Brennan was the starter to open 2020, injured. They tried out TJ Finley. He didn't work nearly as, as well as the next guy to follow him, Max Johnson, who was not really a highly ranked recruit, but but beat Florida and, and did a lot of things with his legs. Brad, it's uh, it's going to be it's going to be a much more fun off season than the one we went through uh, a year ago. So I hope, I hope you're ready so. for it. Yeah, I hope you we can all get some rest. And I think it's uh it's an ever moving top 25 because things are just. Things are a little bit different this year with the transfer portal. We haven't quite even hit the NFL draft declaration deadline. I believe that's January 18th. I might be wrong. I should probably know that, but it's uh, Alabama's number one for now. We'll see. We'll see if they go back to back. It's, it's going to be tough. Brad, thanks for joining us today, man. Thanks a lot, man. All right, our producers, Lance Glenn. My name is Trey Scott. We will talk to you all on Thursday, talking about the Tennessee Vols on the next edition of the College Football Daily. Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.